Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sun Guy Nation. Welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sun Guy with you as normal. Real fast before we jump into it with our guest. Some show notes if you are looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days. Tonight, WCWO, as usual, at 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Russell Pro in Newark, New Jersey. And RCW in Albion, Illinois. Tomorrow night, Warrior Pro Wrestling in Danville, Indiana. MSWA in Wartburg, Tennessee. NEW in Bethany, Connecticut, NWW in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, ECPW in Shelton, Connecticut, HCW in Terre Haute, Indiana, IWE in Spokane, Washington, Lucha Libre, Portland and Gresham, Oregon, Russell Club in Caldwell, Idaho, Swag Wrestling in Huntington, Tennessee, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, and PCW happening in Ottawa, Kansas. Without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest today. He is the prettiest man in professional wrestling, pretty boy, Troy Prescott. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, sign guy. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear, brother. All righty. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, our pleasure to have you. And since, surprisingly enough, it is your first time with us, I'm going to lead you off today with our traditional first-time question. How did you get into the business of professional wrestling? How did I get into the business of professional wrestling? Well, let's see. Uh, Well, ever since the age of four, I wanted to get into professional wrestling. And... uh, played baseball, didn't do a whole lot of wrestling in life, and one day I just decided, I I didn't want to, let's just say I didn't want to look back as being an old man one day and go, I wish I would have tried. I wish I would have gave it a shot. And so I took my happy butt down to uh, the Grappler's Wrestling Academy in Salem and uh, started my uh, wrestling journey there. And then uh, four months into my training, I wrestled my first match against, my first match against uh, uh, a well-known wrestler in Salem and a, a buddy of mine, Marcus Malone. Uh, that was my first match. And uh, we did pretty good. I'm a grappler for the people in our area. Uh, he's an absolute legend here in the Portland area. He was around in the late 80s for Don Owen and into the early 90s. He remains very beloved here in the Pacific Northwest. Portland has a very story 
history when it comes to wrestling, not just Portland, but all of Oregon. Don Owens started up in the 40s, ran through the early 90s, and it was a virtual who's who of wrestling coming into that territory. Uh, Since he opened it, you have guys like Jimmy Snuka, Jesse Ventura, Roddy Piper, Ron Bass, Rick Martell, all getting Uh, early breaks uh, in their career in Portland. Yeah, Kurt Hennig as well, another big name, Mr. Kirkman. Absolutely. There's tons of names we could go through all day long. Do you personally look at the history of the state of Oregon and kind of study what went on in the area prior to you getting into the business? Um, actually, no, I didn't do a lot of studying of the Portland area. I was much more intertwined with WWF, WWE, and WCW, um, with some, with a little bit of ECW in there. Uh, I was much more entwined with that style of professional wrestling. It actually wasn't until, um, I really started picking up the interest to eventually get into the business that I started doing a whole hell of a lot more research about um, Portland wrestling and basically independence in general. Now, of course, it's not the same as it was a generation or two ago, but the Portland Sports Arena still stands in a different form today. Have you made the trek like a lot of people in independent wrestling have to go see what was once a really beloved building for professional wrestling? Uh, yes, I've been there once. Um, it's definitely changed from <laughs> from uh, where it was then. Uh, but it was just nice to go see the structure and uh, just kind of picture where the ring used to be, where people, I mean, there used to be thousands of people that go to the, to go watch these wrestlers, you know, uh, thousands of people. And um, it was actually very big up here in, in Portland. Uh, Absolutely. I, I kind of wish it was uh, that way. And the psychology and, and wrestling in Portland's always been much more psychology based wrestling. And so story, storytelling uh, wrestling. And so uh, it, just, it was a much different ballgame up here uh, than a lot of other territories as well. Uh, one of the promotions where you're a staple at, Blue Collar Wrestling in uh, Portland and now in Salem, is co-owned by, of course, Patty Dietz. She worked for the original Portland Wrestling with Don Owen being her boss, what's it like wrestling in a company that's co-owned by someone that has direct ties to the territory of Portland? Well, I actually uh, didn't know that, <laughs> but uh, Patty has always been gracious to me, and uh, Patty's always treated me with uh, dignity and respect, uh, and so I appreciate uh her giving me an opportunity to wrestle for the company. Uh, and that's even cooler now that I know that. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, uh, Pat, Patty cares about the company and cares about us wrestlers. Uh, again, they've just shown me nothing but gratitude since I've been there. Uh, 
yeah. It's a, I believe it's a good company to work for. Um, you know, they give opportunities to guys who uh, aren't always given a lot of opportunities as well, um, and that's respectable. In a related note, happy birthday, Patty. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Patty. <laughs> Uh, one of the other companies that uh, you have worked for recently is Rogue Wrestling Attractions in Washington, and you recently formed a tag team with the ideal reflection, Christopher Rizek. What's it like being in a tag team with someone that has been around the Pacific Northwest for as long as Rizek has? Um, I like Rizek, uh we uh we both are uh well he's more of a sexy boy I'm more of a pretty boy uh you know we but our um I don't really want to say gimmick but uh what we portray to the ring is um uh somewhat similar and so our chemistry actually worked really well together when we were in the ring uh and uh he's he's very good in there. Uh he entertains the crowd, dealer babyface, you know, and mainly he's uh he likes to work that uh he likes to work that mirror and that microphone. Uh, but he also he tells stories when he's in the ring. Um we've only tagged uh once actually, uh so far. Um but I would tag with him any time. Uh seems like a I don't say professional uh, wrestler, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed I enjoyed teaming with them. Yeah, I would do it again for sure. Yeah. Just in general, a lot of wrestlers have a preference when it comes to singles wrestling and tag team wrestling. A lot of guys tend to prefer to do one or the other and they don't really care for the other one. Do you right. in your own career have a preference when it comes to tags versus singles? Uh, so I, I I do have a preference. Um, I actually prefer singles competition over tag, um, but I'm not somebody who doesn't like tag team matches. I enjoy the psychology of working a tag, of wrestling a tag team match as well. I just enjoy um, singles more. Uh, when you can... Um, so, a lot of times uh, I go in there with the intent to get uh, my opponent over, not, let, not to uh, get the crowd behind him. Uh, and hmm, just with singles, it's it's the just the styles are different. It's it's one of those. It's a challenge for me. To me, I guess is the right term. Much more of a challenge uh, to go in there and uh, get another per, or help try to get another person uh, over with a crowd. Um. Storytelling in a singles match, I do tend to enjoy that a little bit better. Um, but I've <laughs> I've always liked uh, tag team finishers better. 
makes sense for sure. <laughs> like I love the dude's data vibe. One of my favorite moves. You know? <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> guys like Ryzik, oftentimes uh, you can find them in the gym seven days a week. They work out nonstop. Sure. Uh, you have historically in wrestling a lot of gym rats that are just constantly in the gym lifting weights, doing cardio, sure. all of that. Yeah. Do you for your own career, do a lot in the gym, or are you more of the guy that likes to wrestle to stay in shape and do cardio uh, while he's doing the actual wrestling itself? Um, I actually, I lift weights. Um, my version of cardio, I guess, is a little different than a lot of what a lot of other people's cardio is. I don't, like, do um, cardio on a bike or uh, ellipticals and things like that. I'll 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 walk for cardio. Um, I'll actually uh, hit, sprinting and hitting the ropes is one of the best forms of cardio you can get. <laughs> Doing in ring work is one of the best forms of cardio you can get. Uh, and I'll challenge anybody to that <laughs> uh, because. You know, you're only going in a short distance most of the time in a ring, 16 feet, you know, 16 by 16. So you only have, and I'm, you know, six foot four, six foot five. So it only takes me a step or two to get to the to the other side. So when I'm constantly hitting the ropes and switching, that's some of the best cardio you can get. Uh, but yeah, I've always uh, I've always been intertwined with lifting weights. Something. Uh, that I started actually when I was uh, really, really young. My dad was a former world-class powerlifter, and so we kind of just intertwined with that and started lifting. Uh, and, uh, you know, I stepped away when I was older from, from a little bit, but then I was a personal trainer at one point in my life. I did personal training for, for a few years, uh, stepped away with that, and then eventually got into wrestling. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I, I do like um I wouldn't say I lift the weights seven days a week. Um, because I don't feel that I have done it. I've I've changed my routine so much. Uh, it's really more about consistency and progressive overload. Um and uh you don't in wrestling you don't really need I know I know the moniker from the eighties was like to lift as much weight as heavy weight as possible. Or really for athletic wrestling, you don't really need to do that. Uh, but training, staying in a sh- in staying in shape and training, I think really should and is a must for wrestling. Um, not because you have to look the part, but just for your own health um, health benefits being inside the ring and outside the ring. <clears throat> I'm sure you've been around long enough that you've seen some unusual uh, weightlifting routines or cardio routines that guys have tried. We see a lot of fads that some of the wrestlers will jump on and incorporate into their own routine. What's the strangest thing that you've seen a wrestler doing as far as, like, what they do 
uh, weightlifting wise or cardio wise? Um, I haven't really done a lot of working out with uh, uh, other wrestlers, to be honest with you. I, I, I work out pretty solo when it comes to weight training. So <laughs> I have I've seen a lot of guys try to do stuff they shouldn't do when they first get in a ring. That I have seen. Um, <laughs> and ultimately, because a lot of times, guys will, when they first get in there, they'll just try to, for whatever reason, they're compelled to try to do <laughs> just do something uh, without, you know, being like, hey, you should try this. They'll just do it. And then they end up hurt or feeling it, you know. Uh, like one, uh, one of the strangest ones, um, and I don't mean to laugh, but uh, the guy just starts to climb in or gets up on the apron of the ring, steps up on the first rope, goes a step up on the second rope, and just does a barrel tumble in and unfortunately lands on the back of his head. You know, he was he was uh, somewhat okay, but, you know, he had to sit out. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't really do anything after that because he was rocked, you know. Uh it was just strange. It was odd to me because it was like I, I just didn't understand what compelled him to kind of just start doing that, especially because he had never stepped foot in a ring before. And that can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing, you know. I can confirm it can be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, people think people think we we just you know do all this on little pad or on you know nice padding, and they think the ropes are this rope sometimes and you know ropes hurt the canvas hurts you know <laughs> I see when you're slammed absolutely on. <laughs> and cement floors are known to break bones if you hit them just right yeah definitely I'll, speaking of that one of the unfortunate parts of our industry is the inevitability of injury, everyone's going to get it at some point if they're in for any length of time at all, whether it's something minor or something more serious. Have you had any injuries of your own that you've had to overcome so far in your career? Um, nothing, uh, nothing major, no major injuries. I, uh, I did I, I don't know exactly what I did to my knee, um, but uh, it was after a layoff from uh, the pandemic. Uh, they were just starting to let wrestling open, and I wrestled in uh, Idaho. And unfortunately, just on a, a drop down, I was jumping over um, the guy's face in, and I stepped down, and just my knee shifted. Don't know what happened. Just jumped, popping over, and my shifted. And I actually, I finished. We, I wrestled the rest of the match. It was. We ended up going like 22 minutes. It was a tag match. Um. Uh, uh, and kind of thank God it was. Well, I would have say thank God it was a tag match, but I was actually in most of the match that, as that as well. But, um, I honestly was thinking like, okay, no, you know, I just I tweaked it a little bit, but I'll be fine. But kind of as the match kept going it progressively got worse um but again after a few days of of kind of staying off it and stuff it actually was fine after that so i don't think it wasn't anything major to me you know uh but that's kind of the i guess biggest injury 
um, I faced. I mean, I get a little tweak in my sh- in my left shoulder occasionally, but that's that's again from all the the arm wrenches and hammer locks and uh, top wrist locks, you know, things of that nature. People should learn how to work if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, um, uh, it comes down to more guys should just take the time to go down and get more training. Um, I understand sometimes guys don't want to be patient with the training because they want to get in there really bad and they want to wrestle and they want to show what they can do and they want to be a part of it. I totally understand. I totally get it. But at the risk of hurting other people, um, you just definitely should go get that, you know, uh, just make yourself go get that training if you have to. Um, cause you're only going to get better. You're, you're, you will only get better with that training. One of the types of matches that is very popular with fans that is sort of a mixed bag for the people in the industry is the Battle Royal. A lot of Mm -hmm. wrestlers really do not like doing Battle Royals, and some of them will even avoid doing them. Some wrestlers really enjoy Battle Royals and jump at the chance if there's one on the card. Where do you stand on the Battle Royal match? Um, so, <laughs> I, I like it, <laughs> um, but I don't need to do it all the time, but I do enjoy a good Battle Royal when you got a good, a good set of guys in there, a good group of guys in there that know what, that know what they're doing. It actually can be enjoyable. You can make good memories in a Battle Royal. Um, it can be a different type of match. Um, guys should probably bump less in Battle Royals. <laughs> but, you know, I get it. They some, Sometimes all guys have is a Battle Royal to show what they can do. So they want to they, they wanna, they wanna show what they can do. But the Battle Royal is not really the, necessarily the time to do that um, because it can be unsafe taking bumps when you have 15 guys in a ring. Uh, you can not you can risk uh, several injuries of that happening. So I under I completely understand why guys are like nah, you know no thanks, uh, because a lot of times it's a lot of punching, kicking, chops. Uh, occasionally you'll see battle rows where all the guys are just laying there, right? <laughs> and that's an easy payday for them probably. Um, but you know, but I don't. I actually, I don't blame them because that might not be their forte. That might not be where they feel they excel uh, in front of a crowd. Uh, you know, and some people they might just feel that going into something to do just some punching and kick when there's nothing leading to it or leading after that for them. I can understand if they're like, eh. I, I, I get it. But I enjoy good battle royal when, uh, yeah. Especially if you got a crowd that's into it, nothing beats a crowd into a match. Nothing beats the the uh, the energy from the crowd. Uh, just nothing beats that. It's a great feeling. <laughs> now you brought up a couple of times guys needing more training and knowing when to 
to do things, where to do things, things of that nature. Have you personally ever considered getting into the role of trainer for professional wrestling? Um, Well, yeah, I I would love to uh, help train uh, guys um, to get them better. Not only would it um, be effective for better matches, but it also just... um, uh, it, I I kind of enjoy I love re- I love professional wrestling like oh I love being a professional wrestler I love being in that ring and performing and uh, a lot of times actually I'll try to if I if I know that I'm in there with somebody who is green uh, I will try to basically give them a lesson while we're wrestling if they don't know what they're doing uh, because that might be the only time I have an opportunity to work with them you know what I mean. And and so it's uh, I I would enjoy that yeah very much you know seminars or 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 training guys to yeah that would be that would be fun yeah because I especially because I really like psychology based wrestling um, story I think people sometimes get mistaken on storytelling wrestling but you know telling a story in the ring um, I enjoy that style of wrestling as well. Um, and I think that's kind of that tends to get lost in the matches. I understand why it gets lost in the matches because people want highlight reels and highlight clips for uh, for social media and YouTube's and of those of those of that nature. Excuse me. Um, so I get why they want to perform all these big moves, and I also believe all these big moves can be performed. Uh, as well, just add some psychology into performing those moves. How did you get there? You know, things of that nature. And frankly, how to sell. (laughs) I'd like to help guys uh, how to sell a little bit better. Which is not... Maybe somewhere down the road we're going to see the pretty boy Troy Prescott Pile Driver Academy. (laughs) We'll call it Platinum Pro, huh? That's not bad. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I have offered guys in the past for free guys who were already wrestling, but they were really green. And I have offered them in the past to uh, come train with me uh, every so often, you know, once every couple weeks, once a week, because I get it. People are busy. They got they got stuff to do. Uh. But just to help them work on psychology, not so much the moves. Um, that can be done at the training places, in the ring, you know. Um, but learning the psychology behind why we're doing the moves. Learning uh, how to sell the moves. Uh, you know, how to sell uh, from beginning to end. See, a lot of people sell overtly big from beginning to end or they sell very little from beginning to end not a lot of guys and i'm not knocking anybody by the way like trust me i i respect everybody who gets out there and wrestles and gets in that ring it's not easy to do uh but (laughs) uh but learning how to sell from beginning to end and knowing when to give a bigger sell knowing when to give a lighter sell didn't know when to give a medium sell, know when to not sell, like little things like that. That's it's just not taught very much. 
And not that I'm a, not that I'm an expert either, but I, I believe I can help with that. On a similar vein, have you given thought, like most wrestlers do at some point, to running your own shows eventually? Uh, of course, you know. I'd love to get a ring and <laughs> and do that. Uh, it's expensive, though. Uh, <laughs> but, I, no, it is, again, it's something I'd love to do, run shows and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be an awesome uh, venture. Uh, because there are a lot of places um, just in every state that doesn't really get a lot of entertainment, that doesn't get a lot of, um, I guess, entertainment, whether it be sports or otherwise. Uh, and so bringing that stuff and traveling to different towns and doing something like that, that would be something fun to do. Um, yeah, uh, or even running, you know, a big thing is running like in casinos or working deals out with casinos. That would be something a couple times a year doing a big show at a casino. Trust me, I've seen casinos for, for wrestling sold out. <laughs> so there's potential there. Absolutely there is. And Tacoma has a Lucha show coming to the Emerald Queen Casino, which is right along I-5. So I think potential is there for a lot of the casinos in the area. Yeah, I was going to say, gang, you rattled off a you rattled off a lot of wrestling promotions at the beginning of this. That was impressive, bro. Which is also nice to see. You know, absolutely. There's a lot of wrestling flourishing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently working at, like, four different – four places regularly. Uh, as, uh, but uh, – and, you know, to be able to run at those four places. Now, they don't – not all the places run all the time, you know, but to have those four places available for me to wrestle is really nice. Uh, one of the things that – I've seen in this area over the last several years is a lot of second generation and a few third generation wrestlers have popped in. Mm -hmm. I know that oftentimes when you're second or third generation, you have a bit of an advantage as far as the actual training because you usually start getting into the ring a little bit younger than most people. Um, a lot of times it's harder once you get into the business because people take out things your uh, yeah. family may have done on you and hurt your career that way. Sometimes it's easier to have the name open up doors. Yeah. Uh, we've seen people like Jaden. We've seen people like Dom Hess. We've seen people like even Petrov, second generation and going back years earlier, guys like Matt Bourne coming in second generation, people like sure. uh, Roddy Piper's children have entered the business for mm-hmm. various points of time. What do you oh, yeah. think? Oh, Von Erich's children, or the Von Erich kids, Von Erich boys. Absolutely, uh, Ross and uh, his brother. Yeah. What do you think overall of how the second generation wrestlers are doing 
just specifically up here in the northwest from what you can see? Um, uh, from what I can see, I mean, I didn't know there was that. <laughs> I didn't know there was that many second gen, second gen rests. I knew of Dom, like, uh, I've known Dom since probably, uh, Dom, uh, had since, uh, 2017, 2018 ish, somewhere around that time. Uh, and he's done, you know, really well for himself. Uh, I know he stepped away for a little while there, but um, he's doing good for himself. Now, him and Wade have come back, and uh, they're doing great as team and singles. And Dom's always learning. I think he
very good manager. Wade by God has. Wade by God has. Uh, Wade. <laughs> um, Underratedly jacked. <laughs> Lance Dean. Lance Dean. The Rockabilly Rebel. Uh, um, can't say motivated. Um, always, always wanting. He always wants to get better. Jeff Manning. Jeff Manning. Ooh, he put me on the spot on that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they're all going to be easy. Okay. Uh, this is what I'll say about Jeff. Our, 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 our final interaction, although was not great, um, I appreciate everything Jeff did for me when I wrestled at the West Coast Wrestling Connection. Um, he is the one who gave me an opportunity to wrestle. And um, so I appreciate everything that he did for me there. Uh, when it comes to my departure from Dub C, um, that's, uh, that's whatever. So. <clears throat> Last name, Big Vicious. Big V. Uh, wish I got a chance to wrestle him. He's <laughs> um, he throws one hell of a strap. Say that much. <laughs> my my back appreciated it very much. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so I actually uh, uh, with Big V. Real quick, with Big V, I wish I actually got a chance to um, wrestle him in the ring, especially when I was the champion uh, uh, at BCW. I was the elite champion. Uh, we were going to wrestle, and then I, I don't know what happened to that, but um, I really wish I would have got a chance to wrestle with him. I think the stuff that me and him could have done in the ring together. Uh, we were also going to do some tag teaming, potentially, um, and the st- I just think the stuff we could have done would have been uh, – would have been really good. Surprises me that you never did wrestle Big V. Uh, it just, uh, I don't know what happened to it. I, I actually don't. Um, we were going to, and then I'm telling you, we were. I think we were going to team, even, and then uh, for a little for a little stint there. And uh, I mean, it, potentially, I guess potentially it could happen in the future. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. It would have been fun, actually. Maz, you know you never say never in this business. You never say never in this business. That's very true. This is the time of year where a lot of promotions will run outdoors when they normally don't because of weather being optimal and a lot of fairs and festivals will book wrestling shows 
as part of the entertainment portion of what they're doing. So you see a lot more outdoor wrestling shows in our area compared to any other time of the year. Do you have personal feelings on outdoor shows? <laughs> um, I... I like uh, an outdoor show. Um, I'm, I guess I'm not as big a fan of an outdoor show in 100-degree weather um, because just for the simple fact of how blown up you can get, how you can get blown up in that type of weather, uh, no, matter, <laughs> no matter what kind of shape you're in. Uh, even some of the best would get blown up in really uh, hot weather, um, especially if they're doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, but so I, I do prefer um, indoor, but a good outdoor show that that actually it's it's different. It's just something about it's different. Now one thing is you can't you can't hear the crowd for <laughs> for nothing in an outdoor show. Like I recently worked in an outdoor show um, in uh, well in Rainier, Oregon. Um, at a Rainier Days Festival. And thank God, that was about 75, 80 degrees, which is still a little up there in temperature for wrestling outside, but it wasn't too bad. It was actually really nice and decent little breeze. Now, it is off the coast, so that's probably why there was that breeze there, but um, that wasn't, that was actually uh, not so bad. I wrestled for 30, I wrestled a 30 minute match uh, in that. And, uh, I was I wasn't like overtly blown up, but there was also then a match uh, months previous to that. Actually, it was probably last year. Now coming on last year um, at a festival, and the temperature was like 95, 100 degrees, and that got me. You know, I, I you know we probably wrestled 15 minutes, and not that I was huffing and puffing, but the drench of sweat coming off of me was just re- ridiculous. <laughs> it was bad. And, uh, yeah, I would not prefer that. But uh, I always said, like, on a good, like, uh, 4th of July summer show outside, you know, right before fireworks are about to go off, you have a, a, a show happen, and then right as that main event is coming to a close, you get those fireworks going off, that would be really awesome on a nice sunny day, you know. On the flip side of that, have you been on a show that was at an outdoor venue where it was especially cold? <laughs> um, no, but I have been I have been on some shows that were indoor that were I was freezing my freezing my ass off to be honest with you. Yeah. Especially because I wear I wear biker trunks and short, you know, short in ring attire in ring attire and uh I don't so I don't wear a lot. And so going in there, yeah. Uh, I I wrestled uh a couple of years ago I wrestled up in uh up in Seattle. Um uh, and it was uh I don't know, probably forty degrees. Uh maybe even thirty five degrees outside. And <laughs> and we changed in a well, in a bathroom, I'll say, that was uh, 
a concrete solid back room. So needless to say, the back room is probably more like 25 degrees. <laughs> so uh, I basically had to be bubbled up till it was time to get in the ring. But again, once you get in, honestly, besides bumping on cement and wrestling on cement because the ring is so cold, um, once you get warmed up, you're not really feeling as cold once you start wrestling and that adrenaline starts to pick up because then your body, your body temperature heats up and you, your body starts to warm up regardless uh, of how cold it is. So. Now, just for your own personal edification here, Russell Club in Idaho has an annual show on New Year's Eve outdoors at the City Hall in Boise where it's sometimes hovering around zero degrees. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's the papers. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, honestly, I mean, I love performing, you know. Uh, if it was really, you know, um, a promotion I was part of, like if these guys, if it's a lot of local guys that are, are part of that promotion and they, you know, and they give a crap about that promotion, I could see them going and, and doing that regardless of the temperature. Because it's wrestling. Getting in there and, and performing in front of a crowd, man, there's there's absolutely nothing like it. Now, one of the things in the last few years with wrestling at every level, but especially on the independent level, there's more content available for people out of the area of the actual show itself. A lot of promotions will live stream their shows. A lot of them use streaming services like Fight TV or Powerbomb.tv or the Roku channel or what have you. So there are people thousands of miles away from where the actual local independent promotion runs that can watch the shows and follow what they're doing and support them with buying merchandise and so forth. So things have opened up as far as a fan base. What do you think of promotions that do live streams and put content out there for people to see? Do you think that it's going to grow the fan base or do you think it's going to hurt live attendance by encouraging fans to simply stay home and watch the stream? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you now. Oh, I, I uh, my phone uh, actually uh, ended the call, apparently. So, uh, what was your question? I missed that last question. No worries. Uh, I was saying with all these independent promotions that stream their shows and put content on streaming networks and people thousands mm-hmm. of miles away can watch a local independent yeah. company that's nowhere near them. Do you think that overall that's going to help professional wrestling or do you think it's going to hurt because it will encourage the local fans to simply stay at home and watch the live feeds and not 
still pay money to watch the product? Um, so to some extent, yes, I agree that um, promoting all of this uh, with all the streaming you can do, uh, yes, I think sometimes it can hurt the sales of people coming because why, why go when we can just sit back and watch it? Uh, my argument to that is is that you can absolutely not get the experience of professional wrestling on your TV like you can when you're there. I thought I watched I watched wrestling on TV growing up. I didn't go to wrestling shows. My my dad was not a big wrestling fan, which is fine. Uh, so I didn't go to I didn't go to promotions and wrestling shows when I was younger. Uh, so I watched it on TV. That enthralled me. So I think yes, that actually does can have potential to bring more viewers and more people to want to go see it. Um, I think what drives people more to come to come to the venues is is that the place that is that the place you want to be on a Saturday night? I think that tends to be what's lost in a lot of promotions. When you see, when you see, where TV came into play, cable and all that, when you were watching wrestling under watching the Attitude Era, let's say, because there's tens of thousands of people there, all having a great time, cheering, signs, it, it made you want to be there, right? Whereas if you see a crowd of ten, it might not be as uh, appealing. want to go and so I think having TV and and streaming social media and these things I think having it is necessary for people to be like oh is that the place I want to be on a Saturday night or is that the place I want to be on a Friday on a weekday whatever the case might be um, I think that adds a lot more into it than whether or not it's just streaming and people just want to be at home all the time I don't think that's necessarily the case I do think people want to go out and be entertained um, but is it worth their money and is it worth their time? I think that's more the question. Is it worth their time and money? Well, if they see a lot of, like, people at concerts, people go to concerts and see it, they see it on TV, they see a ton of other, and because people sing good, but you know what I mean? But you understand, people go to baseball or NFL, especially NFL, how that rose from where it was at once, Right? Because people go there, see people taking their shirts off, painted painted body, painted face, you know, rally caps, um, the whole nine, partying, having a great time. It's like, oh, my God, that looks amazingly fun. I want to go do that, too. Um, I just tend to think that's lost. Like, I, here's an example. I went to a WWE event in Portland um, two years ago. Um, the first thing the Rose Garden said to me, as me and my son, my oldest son, went in there with, we had two signs. We were ready to go with our big signs, and what they said is you can't bring signs in here. I understand that wasn't WWE's policy, but that was the Rose Garden's policy. Well, that took, immediately took us out of it for, for a short time. We got back into it eventually, right, because we enjoy wrestling, but then not letting us have the signs and enjoying what wrestling is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun, a place you want to be. 
on a Saturday night or on a Friday night or on a Sunday night, Sunday day, whatever the case might be. And I think that's where that's lost uh, more than the streaming. Because uh, I do believe people want to go places and be a part of something. I think that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, in my own career, one of the things I've observed over the years is a lot of wrestlers have sort of a ritual with their wrist tape. Some people have to apply it a certain way every time. Some people will write certain things on their wrist tape. Some people prefer electrical tape to any other type of tape. Some people prefer the sports tape. There's a lot of really strong feelings when it comes to just wrist tape. Do you have any type of rituals or preferences as far as that goes? Um, short answer, not really. Uh, I guess I kind of have a, um, I'll, sometime, <laughs> I did have a ritual of like just getting ready, like really early before, but never anything with like the, uh, the wrist tape. Uh, a lot of my preparation is like mental focus. Uh, keeping the keeping any little bit of nerves I have at bay type deal, uh, but no real ritual because uh, because really, um, I come out with so much so many different sets of gear. I change it up a lot that um, I don't really have any specific wrist tape or I actually don't use wrist tape. I use this uh, elastic stuff. Uh, I have used wrist tape. Tape's good. I, I I've enjoyed it, but I don't always like the fact that it pulls out my my arm hair. But uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I've been using these elastic bands that I make myself. Uh, they're comfortable and they get good grip. Um, things of that nature. So, but no real. Maybe get um, the preparation of like. Uh, of when I'm about to put my mask on and do my hair, that I always do um, specifically in the same order. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's a superstitious thing. <laughs> now, if you're worried of hair being pulled, I will just throw out, they do make pre-wrap that you can put on under the tape. <laughs> I probably should look into it. Honestly, um, I don't mind. I don't mind tape. It's, if the tape matches the gear, I'll wear it, uh, to be honest. Uh, uh, I just, the elastic I've been using recently, I just, it's the stuff that I've been using to match my gear up. Uh, and be, because it doesn't have to, it's uh, not extra tight on me or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, tape, tape's the thing. I wear, I wear all sorts of different uh, arm stuff now, but. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure there's ample time for you. If you have anything you would like to say to the listeners, if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything, social medias, merchandise, upcoming shows, your favorite donut shop, anything at all, floor is yours. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, 
if you want to see me wrestle uh, in the next upcoming week, I'll be wrestling uh, June June 29th, BCW. I got to actually pull up uh, where that's at. Uh, but while I'm pulling that one up, uh, I believe it's at the Broken Glass Bar. But um, I also am wrestling on the 30th um, for PNPW Wrestling. I'll be wrestling on the 30th. Well, I don't know against two, but uh, that'll be in Astoria, Oregon, at the Astoria Armory. Uh, bell time, I believe, 5 p.m. And then let me pull up. Uh, there we go. Uh, and then on the 29th, oh, it's going to be at the beer station uh, in Junction City, uh, the beer st- the beer station beatdown. Um not exactly sure who I'm wrestling yet there either, but uh, that's coming up on the 29th. Uh, August 18th, I'm wrestling for RWA, Road Wrestling Attractions, as well. And I believe that's at the Washington County Fair, the Washington State Fair. Um, you can catch me on social media, uh, Pretty Boy Troy, or at Pretty Boy Troy on uh, on Facebook uh, and Instagram. I do have a YouTube. Um, again, I'm, I am going to be adding more to the YouTube. Uh, again, that's just at Pretty Boy Troy Prescott uh, on YouTube. Um, yeah. And again, to every single one of those promotions that you listed, if they uh, if they need a really good heel or, or baby face, uh, reach out to Pretty Boy Troy Prescott and uh, make it work. Let's do it. Let's make it work because I'd love to get in there and wrestle uh, with as many guys as I can because I'm continuously learning when I wrestle and as well um, I'm helping uh, I'm helping guys learn. The never never ending learning process in professional wrestling. So, yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here. Surprisingly, your first time, but I'm glad we finally got you on here. Yeah, I know that is surprising. (laughs) It really is, but we made it happen. We got you here, and I look forward to sharing a locker room with you relatively soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fine guy. Good to hear from you. Absolutely. Fans, if you have not seen Pretty Boy Troy Prescott, go remedy that. He is one of the most underrated professional wrestlers, not just in the Pacific Northwest, but I feel in the whole country. So definitely check him out. Like he said, promoters, get a hold of him. Bring him to a town near you. Great, great talent. We will be back with you on Sunday afternoon. We have with us Damon Dante out of Pennsylvania, great young wrestler, just makes a start. And then one week from this very day, Sheik Admir from Gouge Wrestling in North Carolina will be here, thorn in my side when I have gone to Gouge. He and I have crossed paths, but we are excited to have him here his first time with us. So make sure you join us. If you have wrestling near you, get out there and support it. 
go buy a ticket, go buy some merchandise, keep them in business. Once again, happy birthday to Patty at BCW. And we will be back with you Sunday. Everybody stay safe out there and go support your local independent professional wrestling. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.